What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Welcome to the Dogs Podcast with your hosts, Blake Reniker, Zach Kopp, Justin Charles, and Josh All. Hey, what's up, Browns fans? Welcome back to another episode of the Dogs Podcast. After doing about four hours in the studio already this week, it was going to be tough to get back into the studio, but we didn't want to wait a whole week, week and a half before we talked about our draft, so we decided to jump on here on Zoom. Luckily, it's 2022. We have that kind of technology now. We can just jump on the computer, give you our thoughts on the draft, see what you guys thought of the draft. Um, before we get into it, though, remember to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Also check us out on TikTok. If you're watching on YouTube, please like and subscribe. Tap the notification bell so you never miss a new episode. If you prefer to just listen, you can find us on Apple, Spotify, Google. If you are just listening on there and you haven't left us a review, Drop us a five-star review on one of those things that helps us out a lot. It helps us get found more. We really appreciate it. Um, we just ran that contest, so everybody who did the reviews, we really appreciate it. And congrats to Nick Bowman once again. Um, we will be getting your jersey ASAP. Uh, make sure you think about what player you wanted. Um, yeah. One last thing, if you want more Browns content, head to jointhedogs.com, become an official Dog Pack member on the Patreon page. Um Football season is going to be right around the corner. I know it's like four months away, but fantasy drafts are going to be popping up. Um, we want to have, we had two last year. We'd love to have more than two. So if you're interested in uh, fantasy football where the winners get free dogs merch, head on into the, the Patreon. Um, we have threads going on there. We actually had a guy from the Patreon who's in Scotland calling to the show on draft night. So that was super cool. We got guys in Scotland, Canada, um, San Diego, Florida. We're, all over the world in there. It's really cool. You get a lot of different perspectives, um, ton of fun. So if you're into that kind of thing, you also get an extra episode every week, except for, you know, this week. So we feel kind of bad for those guys, but uh, most week, long week, man. Yes. Every <laughs> other, every other week you get an extra episode. Um, and that after hours episodes, anything from, the Cavs to the Browns to Star Wars. It's kind of whatever anybody wants to talk about. Um, so if that's your kind of thing that you like, you want more content, join the dogs.com, become an official Patreon member, help the show out and have, have some fun with us. One thing too, that I want to add brand new. You can actually now listen to the audio version of the dogs after our show on Apple podcasts, Apple podcasts only right now, but there is a subscription, um, option there so if you search the dogs podcast on apple podcast both our shows come up and you can listen to the regular show just like normal and if you want to listen to the after hours it's right there for you too pretty cool that's that is pretty awesome so for all you guys who you know listen to your car so you don't necessarily have youtube pulled up that's a cool option for you guys yeah all right so we gotta we want to jump into the draft um before we get into draft picks, there was something I needed to address. So obviously Browns didn't have a pick day one, you know, because we traded our pick for Deshaun. Totally worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then day two came around uh, at pick 44 and the Browns traded out. And I didn't, you know, I trust AB. You know, if this was five years ago, I'd have been freaking out too. But the guys earned our trust. And I'd jump on the internet and you would think – that this guy was Ray Farmer or um, <laughs> Sashi Brown. People on the internet really believe that Andrew Barry is not a good GM, and it blows my mind. Blows my mind. I don't understand that at all. 
you know, some people are just going to be upset no matter what. I, and I'm not going to lie. I was telling you a little bit before the show when, when we traded 44 and I thought, okay, that's fine. There's, you know, there's receivers on the board. There's good players here. And I thought, okay, well, where do we trade back to? And I'm scrolling and I'm scrolling scrolling and I'm like, where's the Browns pick 68. But, you know, I, I did have that fleeting Browns fan moment where I thought, here we go again. We're trading back these picks. Great players on the board, but I got to follow my own rules, Blake, just like you said. And I've always said, we got to trust an AB. He knows what he's doing. He's proven it before. And we're going to go through the picks here uh, of guys that AB added to this roster. And I think he just, he proved it again. He can do it. Yeah, the, the guy's a genius. I mean, look at all, what people were giving up to trade up and get rookie wide receivers where he just traded for Amari Cooper for, Cooper for a fifth-round draft pick, you know? So think about it. In round one, we took Deshaun Watson this year. In round five, we took Amari Cooper. Like, how, how's that bad? And a lot of stuff I heard was, we need John Dorsey back. Um, he built this roster, and Andrew Barry is destroying it. I think it's a lot of Baker bros, honestly. They're just still butthurt. But here's the thing. Don't get me wrong. I, I loved John Dorsey when he was here, okay? But he served his purpose, and there's a reason John Dorsey can't keep a job anywhere. You know what I mean? If, if he was as good as you think, he can't keep a job anywhere. No, you're I, right. Absolutely. I, he, John Dorsey... All he did, he just tried to – he didn't build a team. He just tried to accumulate talent. He just – like I said, he threw crap at the wall to see what stuck. It didn't matter if it fit the system. It didn't matter if they were a good person. And I know some people jump on me because about the Deshaun thing. But um, it's just – I mean, Antonio Callaway, he uh, he had issues. We draft him. How'd that be now? He's not even in the league anymore. Any right. league. Um So all this talk about John Dorsey, well, he served his purpose. What the Browns needed at that time – they needed a talent infusion. They were the least talented roster in all of football. They just needed somebody to come in and just start accumulating talent. And he got Jarvis, then he drafted Baker, and he drafted Chubb, and he drafted Ward. That is excellent. But then there were still things like um, Callaway. Like I said, he traded. All you guys are freaking out about trading first-round draft picks for a franchise quarterback. You remember he traded the number 13 overall pick for Odell. You guys hate Odell. And he traded the, a first-round draft pick for him. We traded a Pro Bowl guard and Jabril Preppers, who was a first-round draft pick, for Olivier Vernon, who had an injury history and never lived up to anything in Cleveland, really. So all this hate on A.B. for some reason and this love for John Dorsey. Dorsey served his purpose in Cleveland. He was like our bridge GM, okay? He, did, <laughs> he, he got the ball started. Andrew Barry is building a team. He's building a roster. He's thinking not just now. He's thinking even in the future, uh, like with the pick of Martin Emerson. That's not necessarily for this year. I mean, with trading Troy Hill, it is a little bit. But he's thinking, I mean, we might not have Greedy after next year. He's he's building this roster with the, the now and the future in mind. He's, he's drafting guys that fit the system. He's not just going out and just get random talent that doesn't fit. Um it's just absolutely crazy to me. Andrew Barry has added Jedrick Wills, Jack Conklin, uh, Newsom, JOK, Deshaun Watson, Amari Cooper, and all uh, Perion Winfrey in the fourth round this year. All the dude ha has done is build an insane roster for us to compete for a Super Bowl. And you guys are still talking about John Dorsey, who can't keep a job anywhere.
it's it just blows my mind. And it's all because he, he's getting rid of Baker. That, that's literally it. It it is, but I mean, I, if you if you think about it, we were hearing a lot of the Andrew Barry negativity even before everything happened with Deshaun and and Baker being shipped out. So I, mean, I think we heard some of it last off season too, and we just continued to say, "Look what this guy's done in in the past." I mean, he just gets the job done. He sees what the team needs, and he finds a way to fill it somehow in a way that is both friendly to the player and also to the team. Yeah, I mean, when Andrew Barry took over, we had our line was awful. That's all I heard. Baker needs a line. Baker needs a line. He turns it into top three offensive line in the league in one offseason. All we heard the, all of this past offseason, worst defense in the league. We would have won so, Super Bowl if we had a good defense. We would have beat the Chiefs if we had a defense, even though we only scored 17 points. Uh, he gave us a top five defense. Yep. So, in, in one offseason. So to anybody who's saying Andrew Barry's not good, I mean, come on, get lost. We said this year, if we had a good quarterback or good quarterback play, we could have gone to the playoffs. So what do you do? Top five quarterback. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, We needed to upgrade the wide receiver room. What do we do? We added Amari Cooper for a fifth round draft pick. Yep. So, I mean, give me a break with the Andrew Barry hate. It's it's ridiculous. It's insane. Um, But that was my rant on that. I was defending that guy's honor on Twitter for the last two days. arguing with people it was it was insane to me the hate he was getting especially with the draft he pulled off with no first round draft pick which we're going to get into so we can get into this pff i'll just right off the bat gave the grade a b i would have probably given us i think b's fair i would have maybe gone b plus um it's hard it's hard to do much better than that in my opinion when you don't pick in the first two rounds which we could have picked in the second but i think it's important to real i think AB realized we needed to regain some draft capital from trading Deshaun. So he turned one second round pick into three picks. And then he, I think he nailed all those picks. Hey, Browns fans, just taking a quick break here. The NBA playoffs means next level basketball. Get in on the next round action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets instantly. You win no matter what. All DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also bet during the first round with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. Plus, place a same-game parlay each day with three or more legs and get up to $25 in free bets back if one leg doesn't hit. So go download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game during the first or second round of the playoffs. Get $150 in free bets instantly. That's promo code TPPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. I think he did too. And I mean, not to just, I know we're going to go kind of pick by pick here and talk about each guy, but you know, I was talking to some people here over the weekend and, you know, we were sitting there at 44 and how, how do we know that the guys that Barry had on his board weren't, you know, so close together in their rankings and their scouting and everything that oh, let's just use um, George Pickens was on the board, for example, right? Mm-hmm. Could have picked him. But how do we know that David, he, they didn't have David Bell ranked very close behind George Pickens and said, why would we blow this pick here when we could just wait and see what happens later? Perrion Winfrey getting him in the fourth round. That's a guy, and we'll talk about it, that's a guy that Brian Bosarge from Draft Countdown told us 
if he's available in the second round, the Browns should take him. Yeah, it's it was it's like JOK. Yes. How he, you know, everybody thought he was going to – nobody thought Winfrey, I don't think, was first-round talent, but he was top in second round on pretty much everybody's board. Yeah. We got him in the fourth. Yes. And he was a guy that people were mad that we didn't take at 44. If we would have taken him at 44, Andrew Barry would have been getting all the love in the world. He got him in the fourth, and people were complaining. It's yeah. insane. <laughs> it is. You know what I mean? Um. So we'll kind of go through here. We'll kind of summarize it uh, each day, and then we'll go through the person real quick. So obviously day two, we didn't have a pick in day one. Uh, Day two, we traded the number 44 overall pick. We traded back into the third. We had picks 68, 78, 99, and 108 on day and 124, I think, on day two. No, it was rounds two and three on day two. Yeah, Um, we had 124 on the day three, yeah. And then we turned that into Martin Emerson, cornerback out of Mississippi State, Alex Wright, edge rusher out of UAB, and wide receiver David Bell out of Purdue. And then in the fourth rounds, we managed to grab Perry on Winfrey, which, we, again, we said was insane. Uh, drafted Cade York, best kicker in the draft. I saw that he was actually, like, graded higher than McPherson uh, from Cincinnati was coming out. Okay. So, I mean, he was the best kicker in college football. It was, I think it was – overwhelmingly he was considered the best kicker and God knows the Browns need a kicker. Well, (laughs) you look at the PFF overall grade of a B and, you know, they gave the Cade York, uh, I guess I don't have the grade here, but they gave it a poor ranking or whatever, but the Browns needed a kicker. So they took a kicker. They took the best one in the draft. (laughs) That's a, that's a situation where you're drafting strictly for need and you're not going best player available. So yeah, PFF probably isn't going to rank that very high. It's going to pull down your overall grade. Who cares as long as you win games and make those kicks. Yeah. You think the Bengals are mad. They drafted McPherson. He was 15 out of 15 in the playoffs. He won the, uh, he sent him to the AFC championship and then sent him to the Super Bowl. Yeah, and then you just stay out there and watch the halftime show, baby. Yeah, we had one of the worst kickers in the league last year. I mean, we if we had a different kicker, you could probably pick two or three different games. We would have won and yeah. been in the playoffs. And that's that's a different year, man. Kicker. We're always complaining about the kicker. Yeah. That, that, why would you wait? Could you have maybe got Cade York in the, the sixth or seventh, or maybe he doesn't even get drafted? But why take the chance? If that's the guy you want, go get him. Especially yeah. I, I was arguing with people uh, over the weekend – um, the team is pretty deep. We don't have a ton of holes, especially after our first three picks or our first four picks. We're just, we're just like you said, strictly drafting for need. We, there was no need to go get a, you know, another corner who's not even going to make the roster. Right. Go get a guy who's going to impact your team from the, the jump. He's going to be the starting kicker this year. And with, hopefully he's good. Yeah, and I saw a lot of people talking about um, Zane Gonzalez and um, Austin um, Seibert, 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 how we've drafted those guys and they didn't pan out. And here we go, draft another kicker. Let's just remember everything we've talked about on this show so far. This is AB's drafted kicker, okay? (laughs) I feel good about it. Well, and because we've drafted a kicker in the past and they didn't work out, we're not supposed to keep trying. We're just going to roll with bad kickers. Well, we haven't had any success drafting them in the past. So I guess we'll just roll with crappy kickers from here on out because we wouldn't want to look stupid. I mean, that's, that's the dumbest argument I've ever heard in my life. Correct. I'm with you, man. 
So then to wrap up the draft, we took running back Jerome Ford out of Cincinnati, wide receiver Michael Woods out of Oklahoma, another edge rusher Isaiah Thomas out of Oklahoma. We love the Oklahoma guys this year. Um, And then center Dawson Deaton out of Texas Tech in round seven, pick 246. So we'll kind of go person by person here. We'll start with our first round draft pick. I know a lot of people were shocked that we went corner with our first pick. I was one of those guys, you know, because I'm not in the war room. And I thought, man, we're pretty deep at corner. Well, then it comes out, was it a couple hours later, the next day we traded Troy Hill. Um, So it makes a lot more sense. It says Emerson possesses ideal size for the cornerback position at the next level and was exceptional at putting caps on opposing receivers in college. He allowed only one catch of 25 plus yards last season. The guy is great in man-to-man press coverage, 6'2", 201 pounds. He's a big dude playing corner. He'd be one of the tallest corners in the dra- in the league, I'm pretty sure, yeah. one of the taller ones. They said he's not quite as good in, um, in zone, but I think you kind of saw Denzel Ward's way better in man also. And Greg Newsom proved to be pretty good last year in man. So I think I think you're going to see the Browns get up into guys this year, run a lot more man coverage because they don't have to lock them down very long with Miles Garrett, um, hopefully Alex Wright, hopefully Jadavian Clowney's back. Um, if we can pressure the quarterback, these guys don't have to to play man to man very long. Um, and I think we have three corners now who prove they're pretty good man to man. And Gree Williams is no slouch. No, I. I was, I'm with you. I was one of the people going a cornerback. And then, you know, like you said, you find out Troy Hill's no longer on the team. And you, t- you know, we're some things about Greedy Williams floating around out there, possibly being traded, maybe not being here after next year, whatever. Um, then you kind of read the profile, see kind of the, the stats and things on Emerson. And I, I, cornerback, as we've seen in years past, that's a position that you can think you're pretty deep and it can thin out in a, in a hurry. Yeah. Yep. You can't have too many corners. Um, I think Greedy will be – I hope Greedy's around for this year. I just think it'll be a stretch. If he plays well this year, like we hope he does, it's going to be tough to keep him past this year because he kind of sealed his fate when he missed a whole year and we took Newsom. Yeah. And Newsom turned out to be good. Well, you can't – Newsom's going to get paid after his rookie contract, I'd imagine. Um you're not going to have three top paid corners. It's just, especially when you got a, a franchise quarterback, um, you're just not going to be able to do it. So greedy. I think this will, this might end up being greedy's last, unless he comes out and stinks it up, but then it might be his last year anyways, because we just won't renew his contract. So I think either way, the writing's on the wall for greedy. Um, one thing I liked about Emerson, it says is he may prove to be a better player in the NFL than in college where he was miscast in a system that didn't quite play to his strengths. So I think the you know the Browns recognize this guy's got the tools in Mississippi State just wasn't really using them the right way. Whether personnel wise for them, coaching wise, um, he's made a real name for himself in press coverage. Again, we we have some pretty good receivers in our division. Uh, so you gotta we gotta be we gotta have good secondary. We gotta have guys who can lock up somebody. Um, and I, I just think in this guy if he plays down in the slot, he's gonna be huge. Yes. Yeah. So um, I, I think it caught me off guard at first. And then once I got, once I got over kind of my shock, it was, I, and I had looked into it and read up on the guy more. It was like, I can see this being a pretty solid pick. And I think to get a, a guy in the third round that I expect to play, if he doesn't start, he's going to get big minutes this year, I think. So that's yeah. One thing about you just said about if he plays in the slot um, with his size and everything, and that's where Troy Hill played. 
he was a slot cornerback. And I think Troy Hill, obviously on the smaller side compared to Emerson. And you're seeing a lot of these NFL teams start to move their bigger receivers into the slot to try to dominate in that area and take advantage of those smaller defenders. Yes. So this could be a good counter for that. A hundred percent. Completely agree. Yeah. Um, so that was our first pick, round three, 68, Martin Emerson, cornerback out of Mississippi State. Then we drafted again in round three. And this is why the trade back in the second round didn't – I mean, we we drafted a lot of guys this year. And I think our first five picks, four picks are real solid. Yeah. And, and I can see the plan for them um, going forward. So then we drafted edge rusher Alex Wright out of UAB. I think this is not necessarily a steal now, but has the potential going down the road to be looked at as like, I can't believe we got him where we got him. Uh, It says Wright is a big physical edge. who's only just starting to tap in his NFL body ready frame. He earned a 91.1 pass rushing grade in 2021. Um, If you go look at his, um, it is stats. He was one of the highest graded rushers in all of college football last year to 90.4. He only had one less sack than the guy who went number one overall. Ooh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, what huh. Walker had, what, six sacks last year? He had five. We got this guy in the third round. Jacksonville took him number one overall. A.B. finding value, it's just going back to the hate. I don't understand it because he just keeps doing this stuff, right? This guy, this guy looks like he could be a real steal for us. Yeah, he two solid years, consistently improving pass rushing grade. He had 51 pressures and some of the most dominant reps of any prospect. He has real size and power and has flown under the radar throughout the entire process. Not a far. Nope. And and it's one of those things too, where if Clowney comes back and and we have Miles, and this guy's just a rotational person this year, and he's fresh every time he's on the field and he's learning from guys like Clowney and Miles Garrett. I look I think he can play a vital role this year at times, you know, come in oh, and yeah. play and, but I, I'm looking at this guy next year and the year after where he's gonna be one of those guys who are like, where'd he come from? Yeah, you know what I mean. So yep. I thought that was another really good pick. Um, and then another round three pick who I actually I argued with somebody on in our YouTube comments about this today. Um, oh, nice. <laughs> we took wide receiver David Bell out of Purdue and people hating on him. And, and, and I say people and it's really like one person um, because he ran a slow 40. He ran a four, six, five, 40. Um, it says Bell is a physical and productive receiver with nearly 3000 yards in his college career. His four, six, five second 40 yard dash will limit him in the NFL. However, that is the 40 yard dash is the most overrated BS metric for a player. I think in any sport ever. I would agree, man. I mean, Let's just use Anthony Schwartz last year as a as an example, right there on the Browns. Fast was he? Wasn't he the fastest guy in the combine last year? One of the fastest. Uh, yeah, didn't he run like a four two eight or something? Yeah, something crazy. And it was like, oh great, we got this speedster. Okay, he's got a little bit of trouble catching the ball, and his route running is not very great yet. He got a lot of work to do. It didn't. That's the straight line speed didn't translate on the field to anything. For no, us. and and even even on like end of rounds with Anthony Schwartz, he did nothing. Yeah. His speed did not translate to the field at all. I and I, I always make the argument: go look at the top ten forty times 
ever at the NFL draft and go look at any of these players. Okay, so I have the top 10 40 times um, ever at the NFL draft. You see tell how many me, times we say who? Yeah, uh, John Ross. Okay. We know who he is because he sucks. He was a bust. <laughs> right. Um, Kalen Barnes. Who? Exactly. Here's one that panned out. Chris Johnson, running back uh, yep. uh, for Tennessee. Yes, he was very good. Rondell Melendez. Melendez. <laughs> Dre Archer, a guy out of Kent State. He never panned out. Tariq Woolen. Jerome who? Mathis. Nope. Marquise Goodwin is decent. He ain't great. He's decent. Uh, Stanford Root, Route. And Henry Ruggs. <laughs> and even before he went to jail, he was just okay. Those yeah. are your top 10, 40 times of all time at the NFL Combine. One guy is it was a difference maker. Marquise Goodwin is okay. The rest, you barely even heard of them. So you know who ran slow 40 times? Jarvis Landry, Cooper Cup. Those yeah. guys didn't run good 40 times. They're pretty darn productive in the NFL. Cooper Cup just had arguably the greatest single season any receiver has ever had. Jerry Rice did not run a good 40 time. He's right. the greatest receiver of all time. So the 40-yard the dash, don't tell me he's, he can't produce for us because he ran a slow 40. Well, he, he didn't come out of the Sunbelt Conference. He came out of the Big Ten. He was first-team All-American and arguably one of the best receivers in the Big Ten. Yep. It is a, I mean, we know it as Ohio State fans. It is a good conference, especially for those wide receiver, cornerback, DB matchups. And, you know, David Bell, if I'm, I don't have his stats pulled up in front of me here, but I'm pretty sure he had, he probably would have had three consecutive thousand-yard seasons had it not been for the 2020 COVID year that was cut short. But his freshman year, he stepped in, put up over a thousand yards. This past year, he was up over a thousand yards. I mean, we're getting a guy with very solid college production in a very legitimate conference. Yeah, and he was. Everybody knew he was the Purdue's receiver, and he still produced exactly. You know? And he's six one, two twelve, big guy. We, you know, we we always get these five. 10 receivers, 5'10, 175 pound guys. This is a big dude, 6'1, 212. Um, I think and Todd McShay called him one of the best route runners in this draft. Andrew Barry called him one of the most savvy route runners in this draft. What you then, the NFL. Yeah. And then, yeah, I'll take the good receiver over just the straight line fast guy every time, unless we're talking Tyreek Hill. Correct. And Tyreek Hill has gotten much better at route running. You saw early in his career, he was just a speed guy. And now he does, he runs better routes and he's open all the time. Right. Um, and the, the, the guy who gave him the stamp of approval that means the most to me is just before he was drafted, Brian Hartline on Twitter said, if I needed a receiver, I'd move up and get David Bell. Well, Brian Hartline knows a thing or two about receiver talent. <laughs> you just, think? Just a little bit. He's arguably the best receiver coach in all of college football. Yeah, he's he's doing a heck of a job at OSU. I mean, he's got two two of his guys going in the first round now. So, yeah, I didn't. Um, he had he went in. Obviously, Jameson Williams went to Alabama. That's where you know he made his name. But at one point, he was on Ohio State's roster. Brian Hartline had um, Wilson Olave and Jameson Williams all in his wide receiver room. The guy knows talent, and he said, "Hey, I'd move up and get David Bell." Yeah, like, when when I saw the David Bell pick. That was one where I just sat there and I was like, okay, I forgot he was even still on the board. 
That's a I great think, pick. You know, I all think these I'm, are going. And David Bell, sure, that's awesome. I think I mentioned him during our draft night uh, during yeah. the first round, and DF kind of laughed at me. Who's laughing now? <laughs> well, hopefully <laughs> I, us. And I think the I think he fits the system well. He's a good route runner, precise precise route runner. That's what we need in Stefanski's system. I think he's going to thrive with Deshaun Watson. He's going to thrive in the system, playing alongside another great route runner in Amari Cooper. So, I mean, I think he steps in and he's our number two or number three guy right away. Yep, because like you said, he's a big bodied guy, but you've already got the downfield stretcher and, and DPJ that can play on the outside. And the thing about David Bell that I was reading is that he was able to dominate at Purdue on both or both on the outside and the inside. He's great after the catch. Yeah. He says he's got great balance and great power. So I think that was another really solid pick. I know you know the 40 time scares people, but to me that's it's completely overrated. It's like the bench press for NBA players. I agree. Doesn't matter. I don't I don't know if you remember when Kevin Durant was coming out, he couldn't bench 180 or 185 one time and everybody is talking about how he's going to suck. Oh, well, I might hate him, but he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. So yeah. <laughs> he still can't bench 185. <laughs> yeah. But he can shoot the ball and that's all that matters. Yep. So I think that's another solid pick. Um, fits the system. And that's what I'm talking about with Andrew Barry. He's finding guys who produce that fit the system. Right. Um, and then this kind of, then that brings us into round four, pick 108. The guy everybody wanted us to take in the second round. We had finally addressed the defensive interior position. Grad Perion Winfrey out of Oklahoma. Browns fans went ballistic over this because, like I said, they wanted him two rounds earlier. Um, I don't know if you got to watch like his Zoom call with the media, but the guy is electric. He's going to bring – I didn't see that, but I saw him talking about all of his like uh, villain characters that he would have on his thigh pads and things like that. And he's just, yeah, uh, he's a cool dude. He seems like he's going to be a lot of fun to watch. A, a lot of a lot of energy. He's just he's a dog. I mean, he's going to fit the like the Browns culture yeah. right away. Says Winfrey can get upfield with the best of them. While that translated in the pass rush, he's earned a seventy nine point three grade in that regard. Winfrey is still too easily moved in the run game. He's likely a three technique only at the next level. Um, Winfrey has the tools to develop into a pass rushing threat in the NFL, but it'll take a while to get there. Well, he's got time because hopefully we're going to have um, Clowney back. We got Miles Garrett. Um, I think this is an absolute steal. People who are in love with this pick, he just gets it. And I don't think anybody's going to outwork him. It says it's going to take a while. I'm not convinced it's going to take a while because he's going to get in and he's going to go to work and he's not going to stop working. He's going to outwork everybody. So um, I know Zach was pumped about this pick being an Oklahoma fan. Yeah. And again, here on PFF says that he, he like Griffin was miscast in Oklahoma's defense. They were trying to play him a lot at nose tackle strictly. And, you know, he's not, necessarily the traditional build for you know that role um but as we saw last year Stefanski or not Stefanski AB is able to get the guys that fill the correct positions whenever he has the opportunity to do so and it's just another one of those so another another solid pick and I think once we got Winfrey then people started to look like well maybe AB does know what he's doing duh (laughs) (laughs) you know um and then that brings us into round four, which Browns fans, this honest to God might be the most excited I've seen people be uh, for a draft pick was we picked kicker Kate York out of LSU. Um, I think there's just a sigh of relief 
there's a lot. I don't know if this kid knows how much pressure there is on him to be good because we haven't had a kicker since Phil Dawson. No. So, but the, I mean, a lot of like we we talked about a lot of people were kind of cl- trying to clown the Browns for taking the kicker. We took the best kicker in the draft at a position that was arguably one of the the highest needs on our team. It was probably uh, receiver, D line, and kicker were our three biggest needs in this draft, um, and we got the best one available. And the, the special teams have been crap the last couple of years and we got a new punter. We got a new kicker and we got a new um, return man in Jakeem Grant. So Mike Preford, the excuses, they got to be done. He's given AB's given you everything you need to write the ship on in the special teams. I mean, we saw it cost the Browns at times and ask the Packers about their special teams cost them the NFC going to the NFC championship. game. It absolutely did. You know, the thing about picking a kicker in the fourth round or even wherever you pick one in the draft, if you're going to do it, you know, if you got a receiver out there, you know, that's a sexy position and a guy drops a pass here and there and what happens? Maybe you go back and run another down or you got a punt or something or you got a linebacker, he misses a tackle. Okay, so they get five extra yards or something. You get a kicker that you trot out there and he misses a field goal, you, you lose the opportunity to score points and the other team takes the ball right there. It is a big, it's a big position that I think gets, you know, undervalued a lot. Oh, 100%. 100%. Now, he didn't do kickoffs in college, so I'm going to be interested to see if he starts doing that for us. I guess he's got a big leg, but for some reason he just didn't do kickoffs. I don't know. Do they have the punter do it maybe? I know sometimes some teams have their punter do that. I'm not sure. I, I um, But I would imagine – he's going to figure it out because I can't see us carrying two kickers. No. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, um, but no, that's a good pick for, for the Browns. Let's just hope this one finally pans out. Cause like I said, we haven't had one since Phil Dawson. I, I Phil Dawson. I know he's coaching football down in Texas, his kids on the team and everything, but man, I'd throw the checkbook at him. Like, Hey, write in the numbers you want to come help us coach because nobody's been able to kick here since you left. I know. Um, I know. Even if he, I mean, just in like a consultant role, something, I'd get that guy up here somehow to just kind of guide these guys. Even if it's not for the whole season, come up for camp. You know what I mean? Just do something. Well, this would be Uh, the time to do it. You got a rookie kicker. He's brand new into the league. He can be taught. He's, you know, like I said, I'd throw the checkbook at him. Hey, come up for a month's worth of work. We'll give you a a million dollars. I don't know. Whatever it takes. Yeah, right. Um, all right. So then the last pick I really want to like spend a decent amount of time on is we took running back Jerome Ford out of Cincinnati. And I knew this blew everybody's mind did not blow my mind because you have to, like, again, like I said, at the beginning, it wasn't just about this year. I hate to burst people's bubble, but Kareem Hunt, this is most likely his last year in Cleveland. Okay. Yep. And same, same with Dearness Johnson, probably his last year in Cleveland. Um, it sucks. I don't want Kareem Hunt to leave. I don't want Dearness Johnson to leave. But the fact of the matter is we're not going to pay two running backs top dollar. And Nick Chubb already got his contract. Um, so this is a pick where this is a pick for next year. This guy is going to probably be the number two back next year, if I had to guess. I would too. And I, I think this also has – maybe a a role to play in the longevity of Nick Chubb's career, because I don't think the Browns want to Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb. I don't think they want to give him 300 plus carries in a season. They want to offset his load because he is so good. And Jerome Ford, 
from Cincinnati. I mean, this is one of the, as a fantasy football player, this is one of the running backs. I was very interested to see where he went because I like him a lot. He's very, very talented. Uh, what I like here, some of his highest grades this year, 80.7 at Notre Dame. That was one of the tougher teams Cincinnati played. 79.7 against UCF, one of the tougher teams. Um so he had some of his best games against their better opponents. I mean, Notre Dame was their big game, and he that's when he performed the best. Um, I said Ford has NFL caliber athleticism, but he's not NFL ready to carry a large workload on tape yet. Yep. We don't need him to do it this year. This is almost going to be like a redshirt year for him, I would imagine. Um, he's got a year to learn from arguably the best running back in football and then another top 10 running back in Kareem Hunt. Um this, like I said, this is a, a, a pick for next year. So um, he was productive at Cincinnati. He's a freak athlete. I think it's a solid pick for the future, especially, I mean, we took him uh, round five. Yeah. It's not like we, we didn't take this guy in the second round. Correct. Fifth round draft pick. You know what I mean? So yes. um, when people Nothing are like, whoa. Go ahead. Go ahead. And I also think, I think Demetric Felton's days is running back are very, Limited. I think he's going to play more receiver. I would like to see his turn and hand the ball to him because he's he looks good when he does it. But he, he just based on what I saw last year, that's not going to happen. Now maybe when Hunt and uh, Dearness aren't here, Felton will slide into that that second down back, and maybe Ford will be the number three back. But either way, this is a pick for next year. It sucks, but Cream Hunt, Dearness, they're not going to be here next year. Yeah, Ford's got really good size to be a, you know, a running back in the NFL. And one thing I was reading about him, you know, Cincinnati, that, that was one of the college football playoff teams last year. So they had a, they had good players. They had a good offense. They had talent and skill there. You know, Alec Pierce, one of the wide receivers that went earlier in the draft, he was, you know, one of their explosive players they had Desmond Ritter at quarterback. I mean, the offense was really good, but Jerome Ford, they, they said over and over that he was, he was the motor, the engine of that offense. And that's how, all those players that were so great on that Cincinnati offense. He was the guy, you know, so now he's a Brown and I love it. I, I really like this kid. This episode of the Dogs Podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below the waist grooming. Manscaped products are precision engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. Listeners of this show can get 20% off their order plus free shipping worldwide with the promo code DOGS, D-A-W-G-S, at manscaped.com. And if our math is correct, that's roughly 8 million balls. Sorry, not roughly. That's smoothly 8 million balls. Manscaped's Lawnmower 4.0 is the future of male grooming. This hair trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. Guys, if you've been using any other trimmer like I used to use, you know how lucky you are to walk out of the bathroom accident-free. Now, I've been using the Lawnmower 4.0 for about a year now, and I can tell you I always leave my worries at the door. The Lawnmower 4.0 is also waterproof, and it comes with a 4000K LED spotlight to help you achieve the most precise shave you'll ever get. So grab yourself the Performance Package 4.0, which includes the Lawnmower 4.0, along with the Weed Whacker Nose and Hair Trimmer. But Manscaped isn't just hair trimmers. The Performance Package also includes the Crop Preserver Downstairs Deodorant and Crop Reviver Downstairs Toner. Manscaped also offers body wash, shampoos, conditioners, body sprays, colognes, and more. Manscaped used to say your balls will thank you, but now your whole body will thank you, and your ladies will too. Look, I'm a guy, and I know all you guys out there spend your days getting after it, 
busting your butt, breaking a sweat. But guys, your ladies still deserve a fresh smelling man when you get home from work. So what are you waiting for? Order the performance package 4.0 today with promo code DOGS, D-A-W-G-S at manscaped.com. And Manscaped's also going to send you two free gifts with your order. They're going to send you a pair of Manscaped boxers, super comfortable, and the shed travel bag so you can pack everything up and take it on the road. Get 20% off right now with free shipping at manscaped.com using promo code DOGS, D-A-W-G-S, when you check out. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Yep. So that's another solid pick, in my opinion. And then the last three picks, we won't spend a ton of time on, mostly because neither do PFF. Um, (laughs) uh, We took wide receiver Michael Woods out of Oklahoma, edge rusher Isaiah Thomas out of Oklahoma, and then center Dawson Deaton out of Oklahoma. These are just depth rotational guys. Um, If they make the team, probably going to be special teamers, unless they do a lot of developing. And then maybe down the road, they become contributors. But early these guys are probably going to be they're going to be special teamer guys if they make the team yeah one thing about uh the wide receiver michael woods out of oklahoma i was reading they said that uh you know it was interesting the way andrew barry paired his two receivers that he drafted because david bell is your kind of like, like they said a route runner but he's not even necessarily your freak athlete with speed or anything like that whereas michael woods not a good route runner at all but he does have that athleticism and that speed so it's just kind of interesting to see how Barry picked guys that were complete opposites of each other where they were weak and strong. Yeah. Uh, the Dawson Deaton pick is interesting. Not Nothing on him, but you'd have to imagine we, Bill Callahan saw something. And he's the best offensive line coach in the league, you know? So if anybody can get something out of him, it's going to be, it's going to be Callahan. So we'll see. I agree. I agree with that. So. Well, that pretty much wraps up uh, what we thought of the draft. Like I said, we didn't want to wait a week and a half to get into the studio to give you guys our draft recap. Um, by then, it's old news. So we want to jump on here onto Zoom, let you guys know what we thought. Again, I thought it was a really solid draft, especially considering we didn't have a first-round draft pick. And just put yourself in A-B shoes. I know some people might have wanted George Pickens, but I think the value of getting three picks – yeah, is especially when you I think we hit on those picks is bigger than getting Pickens. Well, you know I mean, you know, Pickens, when you really think about it, yeah, that's I would have liked to have him. But you got the injury risk, you got the injury history. Maybe there was something there that they just weren't too sure about. They were kind of uncomfortable. And like I said, if David Bell was not ranked that much further down their board, why not get him? What was it? A round or round and a half later? Yeah. And then and turn that pick into th- three more picks. And then we traded in one last thing about this draft. We traded Troy Hill for a pick next year. Yeah. Well, so we, we, we signed a guy on a cheap deal last year for a one-year rental and then turned him into a draft pick. That If that's next level, like if you can't see that, I can't help you. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like you're here to try to help people see that because you're right. Andrew Barry is a wizard. Yep. For sure. Couldn't be happier with how the draft went. Um, We'll dive more into these guys later as we get more into the offseason. I'm excited to see them at rookie minicamp, whenever that is. And, uh, you know, we'll keep you guys updated on what we think. Drop uh, comments. Let us know what how you thought the draft went. Um, you know, just let us know. Uh, if you guys want to get more content, join the dogs.com. Make sure you're subscribed, please. Make sure you leave us a review, please. I know I'm asking a lot, but it means a lot to us. It helps us out a lot. Um, and until next week, we'll see you guys later. 
Thanks for listening to another episode of The Dogs Podcast. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on Twitter at The Dogs Podcast and become an official Dog Pack member at jointhedogs.com. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure.